This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Coming January 18, 2019, Misery Never Forgets, the new album from the leaders of the next generation of metalcore, Wrist Meat Razor. Revolver Magazine proclaims, Wrist Meat Razor reimagined the technicality and urgency of the hardcore and screamo of the early aughts. And Colt Nation hails, Wrist Meat Razor is poised to make their mark, a crimson slice of emotional violence. Wrist Meat Razor, Misery Never Forgets, available in all formats, January 18, 2019. Pre-order at store.prostheticrecords.com. Parents, we have an important message for you that concerns your children. Education is extremely important to developing brains, and we here at the K. King Center for Adolescent Studies care about the progress of your crotch fruit. Math, science, English, and history will all serve them well one day, unless their education comes across the silent killer. Boobies and vagina. Boobies and vagina have been rotting young men's brains from the inside out for centuries. What we have found is that at a certain age, brain activity shifts from the inside of their craniums to the lower torso, with strong electrical pulses coming from the genital region. Once this happens, the brain immediately evacuates the knowledge it has accrued throughout its many years of studies and is immediately replaced with an overwhelming yearning to be in the presence of a beautiful set of breasts. Equal in size and weight, yet perky with the most perfect gumdrop nipples that only God himself could sculpt. Boobies and vagina. Although they have been forced to spread this burden on society against their will, a small amount of young women have fallen victim to this endless curse on humanity. Boobies and vagina. If you have noticed your teenager go from straight A's to going through several boxes of tissues a week, give the K-King Center for Adolescent Studies a call. We'll never be able to stop this plague on mankind, but maybe we can contain it. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Ah, Metal Sucks Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Happy New Year to all our listeners and friends out there. I'm your host, Petter Speich, and I am always joined by... Good evening, afternoon, morning. Uh, my name is Brandon Gooch Han, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at your buddy Gooch. And I'm Jocelyn Sharp, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jocelyn Sharp. And we like to start our new year with the album that we are looking forward to coming out in 2019. The album that we are most looking forward to, guys, is with our guest this week, Trevor Sternad of The Black Dahlia Murder. We are hoping for a new record in 2019, but me and him, we talk about it all. We, I, I, I put him under the gauntlet of anniversaries coming up in 2019, but guys, before that, like we always like to do, we want to talk about the Metal Sucks news. If you didn't hear the bit that we just did, the first story we want to talk about is about Slayer's Kerry King. I don't know if you guys knew that, but this guy was a straight A student, a great student. And then he discovered girls. And yeah. then he wasn't that good of a student anymore and a great guitar player. Now, that's actually a pretty good uh, transition. Wait, wait, what? what? I mean, if you're going <laughs> to give up, if you're gonna give up <laughs> academics, 
I guess you should learn to play guitar or yeah, something. Yeah, right. You should have something to lean on. But that's just like, an ex- that's doesn't feel like a, an original thought. It feels like somebody told him to say it, like, until I discover girls. Like, that's not every boy. How many times have we heard this story? How many people have picked up guitars because they want girls to like See, them? See, that's though? what I was under. That's yeah. what I was yeah. under the impression. Yeah, nobody ever picks up, like, a beaker and a Bunsen burner and starts go- going to science class. Right. Like, I'm going to get so much pussy. Like, I took like, six AP classes. I'm going to be swimming in it. Like, <laughs> get it ready for an avalanche of boobs. Also, like he must have been like just like the slanginest, dickinest, hottest guy in high school for him just to have discovered girls and it all of a sudden have taken over his schedule so much he can't turn in a fifteen. Yeah, that's where I want math know. homework. Is it's like, did you get the taste of 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 like the the female persuasion or did you or were you or was your brain being constantly right? Were you, you just know? at home pulling your pud to a Maxim poster? Yeah, yeah, Maxim. Come on, he, that was he's before like, Maxim. Yeah. <laughs> FHM. Oh, boy, boy. Yeah. Nope, not FHM. <laughs> not even that. I would say like probably Sears catalog. <laughs> <laughs> Let me read what he said. Maybe that'll answer some of your questions. Okay, this was right. his quote. He's like, uh, "I was really good at school until I discovered girls, and then it was all over." It's a good thing I didn't plan on college or anything because I probably would have failed miserably. I was such a smart kid, but once high school came around and girls were in the picture, the grades went south. I remember in junior high, I got the math award for the entire school. So marks weren't a problem. But once you put the tits and the pussy in the equation, school went right out the door. I'm I'm not calling, I'm not. I like the math equation. He stuck with math. He's like, I was a great math person. I also like that he just got the math award. That sounds legitimate. (laughs) You got the math math award? Yeah, yeah. Way to go, beautiful mind. You know. <laughs> yeah, we got we got Matt Damon. I'm totally and, smart. I got an award for yeah. what? I got the math. Check award. out this. It's it's the number award. <laughs> Thanks, Matt Damon. I, I hate the, the phrase. I, I was a I was, until I discovered girls. Like he was walking around like everybody has a dick his whole yeah. life, mm. and then he went to high school, and then all of a sudden he was like, wait a second, that guy's pecs are really defined. <laughs> And bouncy and round. <laughs> bouncy. Mm. And every what? time I look at him, my balls shrink okay. a little bit. Why do I okay, wanna, okay. Why do I you guys are being packs? you guys are being way too mean. Okay, <laughs> let me just say this. This is this completely makes sense. No, it do, it doesn't make sense. It does make sense because if you're like I'm all about this, I'm all about this, I'm all about this, but I want that, then you're going to refocus that whatever. Let's be honest. Like uh, you're women and men are attracted to the bad boy or the bad girl in school. You guys can say that early on. So you're not going to do the great things because those aren't the ones that you want to attain. Well, this is like what you I just said, the know. Bunsen burner girl. You don't want that. High you school, want the girl that you might guy, be able to get laid with. High school guys do not give a fuck about what the girl is like. They care. Does she got a rock and bod and will she put out? That's yeah. all they give a fuck At about. That time, and that's what I just said, I think. Yeah. No, you made, you made it no. sound like they cared about their personality. Yeah, yeah. Pete, no. you, yeah, this is you talking. <laughs> okay. I don't think I did, but we can't have Pete come from the pig perspective. Okay, like we can't have we can't have him talk about you know we can't do like as Carrie puts you know tits and pussy or whatever yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. We gotta have Pete. Pete here's Pete d- describing like a very depraved situation when it comes. To it. So, anyways, right? This guy was holding her hand all weird and stuff. I'm like, what a perv! Like, really? <laughs> That's so extreme and dumb. It's not true. Yeah, but I think what Gooch, I, I think, I've used the word I think, tits before. I think Gooch means that in comparison to you, Pete, like Carrie's much more likely to go swimming in Smoker's Corner. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, like, exactly. He's much more likely to finger bang the chick yeah. that is like 15 and smokes Newport's. Yeah, meanwhile, <laughs> Pete's, yeah, meanwhile <laughs> Pete's mad at the girl that was like, that had the glasses, was kind of nerdy, but then he was he got mad at her for taking off the glasses and doing the hair whip, and now she's po- now she's popular. He's like, oh, you sold out. That's oh, like, that's, that's, that's his take that's on it. That's not true at all. The way my life went, just in case, because all this speculation. You were crushing mad puss. You two, ass, you two no. assholes. <laughs> okay, okay, I didn't speculate on your life at all. I only speculated on Carrie's. <laughs> the way mine worked is that I had no rules because my parents were foreign. So all I had to do was get good grades. And, and I could do English. whatever I want. So, as long as you don't end up like radish horse exactly. pepper, we so, are very happy. <laughs> if my grades were good, I'd have to come home for two days. So the grade thing was it was vital. Okay. It was well, vital. I had the same rule in my house. As so, long as you had straight A's, no rules. Yeah. As, as long as my grades were good and I had to graduate college off, you know, that was also part of the ticket. So I had to do all that stuff. But in the mean, so I, I couldn't, I couldn't, if my grades went south, then it would have been the opposite. I would have not been able to go on dates. Does that make sense? Yeah. See, I, well, see, well me, Carrie King obviously had a different experience. Well, yeah. see, uh, I didn't get laid in high school at all. That was uh, because <laughs> I, yeah. So, I mean, believe me. Because but, of who you are as a person. Thing, this is my, yeah, that, that says a lot about me because I didn't get laid in high school at all. And I got bad grades. So it's like, my thing is, is like, Carrie King Damn. was, getting, yeah, he was getting good grades. Then he got a taste and he's like, oh, we yes. just focus on this. But the only question I need to know, though, I need to know this. Did he pick up the guitar before his grades started to go bad or, or did he get a taste or did he get women? And he was like, oh, the more I play this, the more I attract women. And this is, this is the route I'm going to go. I was jamming in a metal band. I was in musical theater. I was valedictorian and I was still getting dick. So I don't think that that's an excuse. All right. Well, uh, I was playing uh, Tecmo Bowl, <laughs> not getting pussy and failing and getting like a good D plus C average. Yes. And Brandon did throw a chair at a teacher. I, no, not at a teacher. You always say at the teacher. It wasn't at the teacher. It was in the, direction but not at just like how you didn't throw your phone at pete well that was in the direction of pete <laughs> it bounced off my leg it bounced off the floor then your leg totally different it bounced off my leg and then this right yes. here so Damn moving it. on moving oh, on man I'm not brandon's memory good. is not as good as i ours. am not looking good the only i'm gonna tell how you, do you say, how do you say before we move on how do you say i didn't throw it at the teacher i threw it at the direction in the, the direction teacher. so in other words like <laughs> let's just say let's just say that the, the, the teacher is like straight like let's look at it this way Let's like like uh you like know, if it was a shotgun North, shell he yeah. would have still hit him but Let, if it was a rifle he would have missed no like let's just say it's this okay let's just say it's a clock okay mm-hmm. you know and the, and the, and the teacher would be like standing at like uh you know one o'clock right I threw it at eleven o'clock so it was kind of in the direction but diagonal and, and intentionally not at the teacher yeah. Yeah, so you wanted that long explanation, and guess what? No, I accept it, and I'm keeping it in. Everybody's fast-forwarding right to the interview right now. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, I need to get to the bottom of this Black Dahlia murder. That's fine, because I do the interviews, so I'm fine with it. You're you're still the star, you son of a bitch. They're listening to me either way, with you two or with Trevor. There's three people that are only here for me, so... That's oh. For, oh. I don't even know what that means. I think she means that uh, she carries the show. Oh, are you saying? Is that what <laughs> no. you're saying? You I, heard I just said there's three fans that'll listen to this part oh, because they like fans. me. Not <laughs> true, Jaws. Not true. I thought you were talking about all the guys in this room are here because of you. I'm like, wait a minute. There's only two of us. Are you counting yourself? <laughs> Next story. Maynard James Keenan from Pussifer, as we all know him. (laughs) His pride and joy. His pride and joy. The the greatest band of his His career. His fucking opus. (laughs) He has finished vocals for another band's project, and that band's project is Tool. Mm. So with the vocals finished, and we know that the instrumentals are finished, now they just have to mix the record. Can we guarantee 
that the record will come out in 2018. No, you can't guarantee <laughs> shit can't, with that dude. Yeah, I mean, Maynard's like a chaos god come to life. You can't guarantee... Like, he could decide tomorrow that he hates it and just burn down the studio. Yeah, like, yeah you're right. He's a chaos god. He's he, like, he doesn't give a shit. He's okay. one of is these, chaos god a, a term? I don't it's know. Like, it's like I a, like it, but I mean, it's, yeah. is it a term? It's like a nerdy thing where, like, in, in like, uh, fantasy worlds, like, there's, there's like, chaos, there's, there's chaotic... Then there's like evil, and, and then there's good. Oh, okay, you know, so like a chaos god would be somebody who's just like powerful and can do whatever the fuck they want it, because I, they don't care. They have no motive. Okay, oh, okay. So he's like, if this was Dungeons and Dragons, he's chaotic neutral. You know? Mm, wow. I want to roll a twenty side dice and now move let on me, with this conversation. <laughs> let me read the update to you guys so everybody can hear it from Maynard. <laughs> so it's not just us. Update: Final vocals tracks months ago. Then US, UK, Euro, run with a perfect circle. If Tool, all instrumental tracks, long process of mixing now. Meanwhile, write film track with at Pussifer, hashtag Pussifer 2020, and troll the band's Facebook with wine posts. So he, he did okay. throw in his Pussifer, uh, the, the main gig, but he did say that Tool was ready to go. Okay, you have to give the Cliff Notes version of what you just <laughs> That was a tweet, bro. It sounded like something my grandfather would tweet. Pretty much. Like, there was like no punctuation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He said, he said like your, when your grandparent tries to Google <laughs> yeah. search and it's this, like. Okay. Yeah, was there a space in that? Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll do it for you guys. Ready? Tool's vocals are finished. He's going to go on tour to the UK with A Perfect Circle and then Pussifer 2020. So there's a new Pussifer record coming out. In 2020, meaning 2019 should be the tool record. There okay. I did it for you guys. I'm hearing it. You hear it? I'm hearing it. I'm feeling it right now. Nice. <laughs> nice. And you don't believe it's going to happen? Oh, I mean, it's made or... Here's the thing. It's not the fact that I... I believe, it. I believe we will have a new tool record latest September. I think that anyone who bets on anything that... Anything Maynard who thinks that anything with him is an absolute value that's going to happen doesn't really pay attention right. to him. Right. And I, I, think, I think it'll be 2019, but it's like, again, it's like, I can't say that. I can't... I can't say we're that. in 2019. I'm not. Too, I'm just saying it's going to happen. In two, I know we're in 2019. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I know. It, I think it's going to happen this year, but I think I can't say it will. There's no way. I think it will. I think there's been too much buildup. And I, I think that anybody who's outside of the band that's making 10% off of these guys is going to be pushing for it to come out. I'm 55% sure we'll have an album in 2019. Okay, you just made that number up. Yeah, okay, that's a completely okay. different number. Guys. Uh, uh, Carrie King. Did I, make I, that bet number you, up? I bet you didn't get the math award. <laughs> the math award. <laughs> yeah. Did you get the 10 fingers, 10 toes award? <laughs> I think that's funny. Well, I, I mean, come on. It's been like 40 years. I'm sure you forgot what it was. I'm but sure. anyways, last story you want to touch on, guys, before my interview with Trevor from Black Dahlia Murder. This was kind of a shit show of a story, so I'm going to try to break this down as much as I can. Mm. Okay. We're talking about the arch enemy controversy that's happening with Metal Blast photographer Jay Salmarin and Thunderball Clothing. Okay, so this is what happens. Now, Arch Enemy performs live. Jay Salmerman takes photos of them while performing live. Alyssa, lead singer of Arch Enemy, is wearing the clothing from Thunderball Clothing. So she's wearing that clothing. So, so Alyssa shares the photo, and then Thunderball Clothing shares the photo. And then the photographer told Thunderball Clothing, hey, you have to... That's a, you know, that's my picture. You can't just repost it, you know, as advertisement. So do me a favor and donate some money to a cancer society. That's what he says. And then the online world attacks. And then he posts personal messages between Arch Enemy's manager, former vocalist Angela Gossow. And it becomes this big shit show of everybody yelling at Arch Enemy, yelling at Thunderball Clothing, yelling at the photographer. Everybody's getting hate now. So let's, let's start at the beginning here. When a photographer is taking pictures of a live performance, 
What are your guys' feeling on that copyright? Now, technically, it's his photo, but they didn't hire him to do a set. Do you feel there's a differentiation? See, that's the difference. If it's if he's if he's getting hired Mm -hmm. to to take a picture, that's you know then then say say he's getting hired by a magazine. Yes, if he's getting hired by a magazine, then yeah, he had the magazine would have the the, magazine would the magazine would have the rights to the to that picture. But if it's just some random photographer. And well, he, he works for a um, okay, so he a owes, metal website. You know, okay, that's, so that's he, what the photo. So, was. But what I'm the saying, the photo is, was on the metal website. Yes, yes. the photo is on the metal website. But my thing is, though, is I, I just I don't understand like what the big problem is, though. It's like so people are sharing pictures. It's like I don't get it. I understand if the guy wants to get credit for it, but then if you're going to do that, then put a little thing in the corner. Photographers and graphic artists all across the internet are having like a really big uproar right now on how to like protect their IP because it's really hard to protect your intellectual property. You know that being a comedian. Right. It's very difficult, and photographers and graphic artists get screwed out of a lot of money because people just jank their shit. Well, if you were um, so, if that's the case, then then if the if in the this pers- case, it just I, sounds to me like somebody who's just like, oh, I see that this got more heat, and I could make money yes. off of it. See, that's what I don't like about that's it. That's what like, it sounds like to me. It doesn't legitimately sound like it, it would be one thing if the photographer had taken this shoot as an artistic shoot on their own accord, and they own the rights to the images, right? But it, it, it but who's to say that the metal website, or whoever did it. It had the proper like uh, releases formed. I mean, if there's no releases signed, then it would all come back to you know we'd probably have to go to court. Well, in this situation, obviously there there probably wasn't releases, but he asked, "Hey, do this kind of thing." But the thing is, is that he he took it to the media, he took it to the yeah. press, so he kind of made this snowball happen. He Let didn't me, take it to the press; he took it to the people, which is the worst thing you could possibly do. Which, well, I guess that's what the press is to yeah. me, you know, at this point. But maybe I'm wrong on that. So here is Martha's statement from Thunderball Clothing because. After all of this, she shut down that company because of this is what happened. So I'm going to read her statement real quick because to me, the innocent victim in all this is Thunderball clothing because, hey, how cool is it? Alyssa from Arch Enemies wearing your clothes. Oh, how cool is it? Someone took a picture of her in your clothes. You're a small company. It's, she even mentions only two people work there. Oh, how cool is this that we can share yeah. it? But it, it all kind of blew back. So here's her statement that she put on Facebook. As many of you seem to... To follow this story, here's an update and a final statement. You can see my previous statement and an apology from December 28th below. Like I said, guys, go to metalsucks.net for the entire drama of this thing. We're just going to keep it at this point. The photographer Jay Salmarone accepted my apology for reposting the photo he took without having his permission. And as this was his request, I made a donation to the charity organization of his choice, the Dutch Cancer Society. I believe we can say this ends a dispute between us. However, as I'm not able to handle the amount of hate and threats that I received and keep on receiving, I decided to do what I think is best in this situation to end the being known as Thunderball Clothing. It's hard to use a word company here as since day one, it was just one person, me. I apologize for not being strong enough and for not being next internet hero that kept on saying haters gonna hate. Within the last two days, I received literally hundreds of comments and messages that I'm a whore, a Nazi, a communist, a worthless cunt, and that I either should quickly die or that I should kill myself. There is no anger in me, and I apologize to everyone that felt hurt or upset by this situation. Anyway, there is no Thunderball clothing anymore. You won. Now, Jay Salmarone did say something on that saying, you know, people shouldn't have done that to her, obviously. So I'm not going to read his full quote, but I mean, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. It's kind of a little bit of a left turn, but I feel like this is a 
this is just like a, a huge issue right now. And this is a common thread in conversations for me lately is I don't understand what happened to people. People forgot that you have to talk to people who don't like you. Like that's part of being an adult in the world. And like, especially on the internet, if you're on the internet, you know, people are going to call you a cunt. You know, people are going to call you a whore. You know, people are going to call you all of these things. And, I, and I'm, I'm not actually going to piggyback on that. Whatever hap- like when you ignore ignorance, ignorance will go away. Yeah, it's it's the paying when attention you, to when it. When you pay attention to it, you give it strength and power. Yeah, you know? and, and, and giving into the bullies gives gives that behavior power that it necessarily so wouldn't you have. So are you guys both telling me that you would be able to handle hundreds of people calling you cunt Nazi and all this other stuff like on a daily basis? Like well, I mean, especially when you're when you're just, tr- you're a one person operation trying to get a clothing line Yeah, but the where ground? are they calling I mean, her that? Are they coming to her house? Or are they t- commenting on YouTube well, and Instagram? All I'm saying is though, is like... It's not worth it. It's risk versus reward. In right. her situation, for her to dis- dissolve the company, I understand that because it's like, look, dude, I'm not gonna like just take this heat for no reason. I shared a picture. Right. I got excited that somebody took a picture of and my that's clothing. What it is. I get it. But, but my thing, see, the real the person that really fucked up here is the photographer. Yeah. Right? You don't you yeah. don't sit there and go, hey guys, look at this. And then all of a sudden you get all your your brainless morons, you know, fighting your battle for you. And then you have the fucking audacity to be like, I didn't know it was gonna get like that. Any fucking time you sick your followers or your fans on someone else, those fans are gonna sit there and go above and beyond the call of duty to show you that, oh look what I did for you, my lord. And- look how much I love you, my lord. Like it's like that's how it is, dude. These people are sheep but they're nobodies a lot of the time they're just sheep coming they're just they're just doing it because sometimes half those people are just doing it because it's the thing to do they don't even give a fuck about any of the parties involved this is my point she shouldn't have done shit because these this is literally people taking money out of her pocket that were never putting money in there in the first place and if you want to decide to roll over and take it because somebody calls you a cunt and a whore sorry wake the fuck up that's the way the world is people are calling you a cunt and a whore every day when you walk down the street i just wow okay okay really i mean that's the world i know it's it's not not. the world Uh, but it's not the world the silent majority gets no credit in this world. The silent majority is what pushes the world in a positive way, and we're the ones that ignore the nonsense. The nonsense is the loudest, so it gets the spotlight. Just ignore it. And that's always it. So ignoring it is the important thing. I do feel that the silent majority, like us, after reading the story, would all back her and understand every viewpoint of it, but the ones that want to attack one. Were any and of I those d- people her customers? Any of those people? I mean, I that's, highly doubt That's it. my thing. Yeah. It's like, they're not even the people that, if it's your fans, I can understand being upset, but if it's people who weren't even supporting you in the first place, who cares? But when it's one minute that you don't even, like, it's one minute, like, hey, I'm trying to get my, thund- I'm trying to get my uh, clothing line off the ground. Then all of a sudden you check, you wake up one morning and you, you're awoken to how many countless threats, how many countless vicious things said to you. You're just not expecting it. I mean, it's not like you and I, Jocelyn, where we're putting ourselves out there as a comic. It's not that I don't have sympathy okay. for the hate that you is getting. I just don't have sympathy for kowtowing to it. I don't have sympathy for it. I don't have sympathy for anyone who does it. Well, she does apologize for, for that. She yeah. did say I apologize for not being, you know, strong enough to haters going to hate, which, which, I is, which is fair. I just but, think, I, mean, I just think when you, when you release a clothing line and you're like, you know what, I want to go out there and, you know, show my designs to the world. You're not expecting people to be critical. Kind of fu- <laughs> no, you're not expecting that kind of fucking vicious hate. It's yeah, one thing, I agree with it's one thing if you're, yeah. it's one thing if they're like, Oh, your shirt sucks. And look how, look how, Oh, your, your, Oh, your, 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 your color scheme is dog shit. Fine. Whatever. But they are going extremely personal. And again, it's one thing if you are like a politician or, 
or, or somebody who's constantly speaking your mind and inviting that kind of shit towards you. This woman wasn't doing that. So really, the photographer is a scumbag. Well, and no, let's not call him a scumbag. I'm calling him a scumbag because right. he should have he known good and damn well what he was doing. And he did it on purpose. And then when he finally saw what, what he knew what was going to happen, now he's like, oh, oh, I got to save face and try and look like a nice guy. I didn't mean for that to happen. Bullshit, you didn't. You wanted your fans to attack her, and now you got exactly what you wanted. Hmm. I, 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 like I said, I see all three sides. I see from Arch Enemy's side. I see from the photographer's side. And I, I see from, from the photographer's side. And I see from the, thun, the Martha from Thunderball. I see I'm all on Martha, sides. I'm on Martha's side 100%. 100%. She's, she, she didn't deserve any of this shit. She was just excited about something. But we can all agree that it was all avoidable. Yes. It was all avoidable. If the photographer would have way. just yeah. contacted the record label and said, hey. Fair. Yeah, if the photographer fair, fair. wasn't a baby, like well, he, everybody he, is on the internet. Oh, wow, wow. Somebody, like, okay, cry a Fucking do the right channel. Stop calling yep. out to the public to fight your fights for you. And unfortunately, Jaws the, in 2019 ain't taking no shit. Well, I'm just I saying ain't taking <laughs> shit in 2019. And unfortunately, this photographer now, when you Google his name, this is the only thing that's going to pop up. Yeah, so he fucked himself yeah. too. Well, no, I, again, we people have a short memory. That's very true. So I'm sure everybody will. And will this is out. not an invite for any of the Metal Sucks fans to find the photographer and call him a cunt and a Nazi. That's yeah, not what I'm doing. That Don't either. do that shit, because then we'll hate you too. Yeah, we we're, we're, we are actually. Pretty, How about nobody uh, jumps on any bandwagons and makes their uh, educated opinions for themselves? That's our our standpoint. <laughs> Twenty nineteen job is very take charge. It's no joke, this dude. Year. This bull is just getting wrestled to the ground. Next week it's going to be. I'm your host, Joslyn Shaw. <laughs> I kicked and, out Gucci yeah, and Pete. And these two pieces of shit. We have names. <laughs> oh man! All right, guys. With that. This month, King Diamond will release a new DVD Blu-ray, Songs for the Dead Live, via Metal Blade Records, boasting 18 songs per set, each of the two shows, Belgium's Grass Pop Metal Meeting in June of 2016 and Philadelphia's Fillmore in November of 2015, featuring a brace of classic King Diamond and Merciful Fate tracks, including Welcome Home, Halloween, and Eye of the Witch, before launching into 1987. Seminal Abigail. So purchase your copy now, guys. Metalblade.com slash King Diamond. Once again, King Diamond's DVD Blu-ray Songs for the Dead Live. Metalblade.com slash King Diamond. And with that, guys, let's jump into my interview with Trevor from the Black Dahlia Murder. Everybody, what is going on? It's Petter. Metal Sucks Podcast on the phone. I got Trevor from the Black Dahlia Murder. The year 2019 is upon us, Trevor, and we are going to uh, play the memory game here with you. What that means is that I'm going to bring up something having an anniversary in 2019, and you tell me your experience behind what I bring up. If all you, right, so we're just going to make us all feel really old then, probably, right? Exactly what I was going to say. I was like, so I'm going to make you feel old because I'm going to feel old through the process now. If I bring something up and you have no memory of it, and you're like, dude, I didn't experience that, just say, uh, nah, that's nothing to do with Trevor's life, and we'll move on. Fair? Okay, sure. Excellent. Yep. So 10 years ago, Disney released the film Up. What's your experience with this film? Um, I don't have any, man. I don't think I even know what it's about. Cool. Okay. What about 10 years ago they released Avatar? Uh, Avatar makes me think of turquoise flashlights immediately. <laughs> because that that happened people made avatar themed flashlights so that's really what comes to mind i never i never saw it but okay but yeah fake turquoise uh, vagina 
I like that. I like that. That memory counts, though. That works. Now, what about this is going to be a music one? So, ten years ago, Alice in Chains released their comeback record, "Black Gives Way to Blue." Did you have any experience on that? Um, yeah, I came in as a, a skeptic, you know, and I think a lot of people did. But uh, it's good. It's a good record, and I saw them a few times around that time, and was really blown away. So, um, yeah, man, fond memories. Excellent, dude. Director Sam Raimi, 10 years ago, returned to horror films would drag me to hell. I, I got a good feeling you saw this. What's your take I on that? I didn't, actually. I, wow. I didn't. Oh. I do like Sam Raimi, but I haven't seen it. And I have heard good things about it. But, uh, All right. Let's, there's still time, man. Hit me up on the 20 year. <laughs> so let me ask you about this 10-year anniversary real quick before we move on to the next layer of it. Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie came out 10 years ago. Did you experience this? No, I didn't see that either. Okay, man, I am I am missing. So we're going to the 15 year anniversary now. Okay, it's going to be awesome if if everything that I, I thought about is just out the window. But I believe we're going to have a great story here. Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ was released 15 years ago. Any, oh, anything? Did you I see? didn't see that either. <laughs> but um, I remember um. People were into it. It caused some, you know, it caused a stir. And uh, I don't think that was too far from when he, like, got arrested and, uh, you know, was calling the cops Jews and stuff like that. So it was, that's, that's what I remember. It was the downfall right around that time as well. Yeah, it was right around the downfall. Yep. Also 15 years ago, Velvet Revolver released Contraband. Did you have any experience with that record? Um, no, not with the record in particular, but, um, when we were on OzFest, they were playing. It was cool. I thought they were really good. So you, you actually toured with them technically then? Uh, yeah, uh, just for a few weeks, like at, it was on the, uh, tail end of the Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden year, the one where they were feuding and stuff. Oh, um, Okay. I remember that. So we got to see that, too. That was pretty crazy, too. Let's talk about that, because that was in San Bernardino. I remember this. So this was on Unhollowed, or was this 15 years ago, right? Um, it, was, it was on Miasma. It was on the second record. Like We, we like launched the record right as we went on the tour, basically. And, uh, yeah, San Bernardino, they, uh, you know, it was uh, dudes from Hollywood Undead got hired to throw eggs at um, Iron Maiden and some words were had from Sage and uh, it was interesting it was really it was crazy to be a part of you know it was like wow we're witnessing metal history right now and it's really childish (laughs) (laughs) do you have any guess how much they got paid and it's got to be someone like Hollywood Undead that doesn't understand the legacy of of like Iron Maiden to throw yeah I, I kind of that's kind of what I figured too. Is like they, they're like I don't know who these bozos are, whatever. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, man, I don't. You couldn't you couldn't pay me enough to throw eggs at either one of those parties, man. I don't. You know? Exactly. Wow, that's crazy. And then I do remember, like, now if I if I recall this right, like they were cutting off the power, and then Maiden just kept playing over. Is that what happened? Yeah, I forgot about that. They were like fucking with the power, and. I, you know what I mean? Just like it, like trying to big dick them kind of at the time and just doing like any like lame tactics you could do. I mean, it was, it was lame, dude, for a, sure. A hundred percent, man. 15 years ago, that event, 
uh, breaks my heart. So now I got to get sad. I didn't want to get sad so fast. I was hoping that we we're going to get oh, a little man. happy. Yeah, only sad at the end, right? Yeah, I wanted to go sad at the end here, but uh, 15 years uh, in 2019 is the anniversary of the death of Dimebag Daryl. Um, can you share your memories of when you heard it happen and, and where you were at? Um, yeah, we were on tour in Europe and, um, I think it was our very first time over there. And, um, yeah, just, you know, it was like, wow, I can't even believe it. You know what I mean? And, and Pantera was such a huge part of my childhood and like right along with the big four was, was Pantera and Sepultura for me, you know, around like. 92, 93, 94, when I was really, you know, dipping my toes into metal. And uh, Far Beyond Driven is still one of my favorite records ever. It's so menacing and mean. So, you know, it's sad, man. It still makes me sad. And just the way that uh, that things went for all of them after, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just a heartbreaker. Yeah, no, that's, I completely agree. Like every level of the story for every... I guess every individual that was involved, they, it just, it was, it was, it was a tragedy on every level for sure. And, uh, uh-huh. one thing about far beyond driven though, like I always, I always kind of thought like, cause Pantera started off party band and, you know, obviously in the eighties before Anselmo got in there, Cowboys from hell had, had that party vibe. And then it completely got stripped away in between vulgar and then far beyond driven, I always thought was a record that I felt was very much Phil Anselmo, you know, do you think that assessment's fair or no? Well, I, I think that that was his personal best for sure. Mm. And, you know, I think that they're in terms of the attitude they were going for. I think that was the perfect line. Like after that, you know what I mean? I think they wanted to like show how redneck they were kind of, and it was a little bit of a different approach. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just that one is just like, it's just machine. Like it's just so hard. And, but yeah, you know, I feel like he definitely, he helped inject the punk into their sound, which they tapped a few times on that album, you know, uh, use my third arm and the opening track is pretty punky too. You know, and he, he was making them listen to, poison idea and you know them covering that song for the crow is also phil's two cents too so yeah i guess it more than i more than i really thought about then uh i think that is his record you know yeah that's the one i give him the credit. badge dude the badge the is badge. hard man yeah the badge was great that was on the crow right did i get it right yeah dude yes. the crow yes dude the crow that's dude I, do you miss soundtracks you remember the soundtracks that were just like all the cool bands at the time oh really i cool? do and you could just pick it i up remember and- like hearing about soundtracks that were about to come out and like an exclusive Megadeth song will be on there. And I'm just like, all right, man, got to get my hands on this demon night soundtrack immediately. Oh, demon. There were some bangers on there, dude. Yes. Some bangers on there. I, I first heard uh, grave diggers on there, which was awesome. Yeah. The rap um, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, there was a good Rollins band song on there. There was a good biohazard deep cut, but yeah, I definitely, I missed, um, soundtracks and uh in the punk scene it was all about the uh the label samplers punkorama there were a lot of yeah punkorama dude and um fat music for fat people and all those different variations and shit and yeah that was fun times you know that that can only really be successful without the uh internet you know <laughs> i agree because now yeah you can download the songs but the, the one thing on the demon night soundtrack is that there was an anthrax tune with john bush if i'm not mistaken for the I think it was called Demon Knight on that soundtrack. 
and it's one of my favorite songs by them. Is am I wrong? Do you remember this or no? Um, I'm not sure. I don't remember everything. That's, uh, that's Bordello of Blood. Never mind. No, I just I okay. Just, Bordello of Blood. Yeah, I just jumped Tales of the Crypt soundtracks on you. So, <laughs> 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 Sorry, I, I don't think I had. I'm not sure if I even saw Bordello of Blood, or maybe I did. Eh, it wasn't. It, nah, Demon Knight. I, I I just watched Demon Knight again. I, it's phenomenal. I love Demon Knight. Billy Zane is. Yeah, I, I back I back Demon Knight for sure. Yeah, Bordello, don't like it. Bordello of Blood. Nah, I don't know. Unless you like Dennis Miller, but. I don't know. He's okay, but all right. Yeah, he's whatever. He exactly. So we're moving to twenty years ago now. We're moving to 19, okay, nineteen ninety nine. Now you feeling a little bit old? Uh, yeah, that's the year I graduated high school. Oh, so so you're definitely you're a little definitely. sadder, maybe. You know the the graduation. Those are those formative years. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one out here and let me know if you have any experience right. with this. In nineteen ninety nine, AFI released Black Sails into the Sunset. Um. Not really. Right. I've listened to it since mm-hmm. a little bit, and I do like them, but um, I wasn't. I was way late to the party for sure. That's the one that I recommend everybody owns. I think that one and the one after Art of Drowning. I think those are the two. But um, yeah, if I definitely got their moments. What about Mister Bungles California? Ooh, yeah, this is definitely ticks my box here, man. I um was waiting for it to come out. I went to see them on the tour. And uh, they were all dressed in Hawaiian shirts, and they played, you know, tons of stuff from California. And they had Dillinger opening up, mm-hmm. like, right when I found out about them. And the newest thing they had out was the Under the Running Board EP. Then I was obsessed with them. So it was, like, the, the sickest show of all time. And also, I didn't have a ticket for the show. I totally fucked up and didn't get one on time. But I went to the show with an old hot water music ticket that I didn't use. Because, uh... I had tickets to go see them, and it was on the day of my sister's graduation, and my, my mom wasn't having it. So um, so I just had the ticket sitting around, and I just held my breath, passed the ticket to the ticket ripper, dude, and he didn't look at it. He tore it, tore it and I was walking in right to uh, Dillinger's Black Sabbath intro, and it was a, a banner day in my young life. That's so funny, because I, I saw the same tour, Mr. Bungle and Dillinger. had no idea who Dillinger was. And I remember that changed music for me. And then when they played Retro Vertigo uh, on the set that I saw, and that was the first time I saw Bungle. I've seen every formation of Patton at that time, like Phantomas and, oh no, not Phantomas yet, but all the stuff he did. And that Retro Vertigo performance, like uh, I just, I stopped, dude. I'll never forget that. And the same thing, the Hawaiian shirts, he had the, like the, the hookahs, is that what it's called around the, I don't know, it's probably not the word. Oh yeah, dude, the they shows. had, dude, they're, the, the uh, stage looked like a pawn shop, man. Yeah. They had every instrument in the world up there. And they used them all, you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, they're incredible. And, you know, it's, they're kind of one of those bands where, you know, Pro Tools, it's like a pre-Pro Tools thing, you know what I mean? Like, it's just complete mastery of, of, of your instrument, you know? And I don't know if it's appreciated as much now that Pro Tools has kind of put that shiny sheen on everything, you know? I completely agree, man. On a side note, I am getting married tomorrow. Tomorrow's my wedding day for... Oh, right on, man. Why are you dealing with me right now? Don't you have shit to worry about? (laughs) Dude, I got the rings right here. I'm okay. I got the suits. I'm I'm good. But uh, my lady, the the fact that you brought up hot water music, it makes me really happy because my lady, the song she's walking down the aisle to is Chuck Reagan's Symmetry. Do you know that song? Do you know any of his solo stuff? 
Um, no, I don't. I've heard a little bit of it, and it's cool, but yeah. I, I don't. No worries, man. It was just the fact that you even brought up hot water music. I was like, oh, man. Uh, dude, I, I, I definitely, uh, in high school, that was, you know, I went to see him a couple times at, like, fuck, I saw him in Flint at a skate shop when they just played right on the ground, and, you know, there's, like, 30 people there. You know, they, they were incredible. Yeah, they're one of those bands, man, that I think uh, happened, like, ahead of their time. Like, they were, like, first. And so they didn't get the credit. But later, when they did the reunion and I saw them, it was like packed house. So I think they're getting their credit. Yeah, that's now. cool, man. I always like that. So let me ask you a video game question. Did you play video games back in the day? Uh, yeah, for sure. Silent Hill was released 20 years ago. Did you play this game? Um, no. Okay, neither did I. So I, I was like, I was hoping because I, I wouldn't be able to it, add it. It seems cool. I know of it. You know, it definitely is macabre. I know that much. For sure. Typo Negative's World Coming Down came out. Nothing? Um, no. I'm only more recently a, a typo, dipping my toes into the typo. What, so. is, what is your favorite typo right now, just because you got into them recently? Um, October Rust, I think, is, mm. is probably it. Bloody Kisses is cool, too. Yeah, dude. No, I, I haven't really heard, I haven't heard all the records yet, honestly, but uh, it's a new development for me. And, you know, I, I'm not allowed to live in New York unless I, like, negative you know and i didn't want to be thrown out well you like carnivore uh, yeah for sure that's way more at my alley crossover you know there you go so you're welcome in new york though i think it's one or the other it's okay. just a peter Steele thing right. it's gotta like one okay cool <laughs> so i think you're going <laughs> and then uh 21 years ago let's see if this is a stumper or this is something that you remember detroit red wings they sweep the washington capitals and they win the stanley cup does that mean anything to you? Yeah. yeah yeah it was cool oh i'm not a super big sports guy but you know I feel like uh, our teams win so rarely that, you know, it does uh, stand out a bit. But, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I've never been a sports guy, really, overall. No, I, I completely agree. I'm, I'm going through all these little things. Now, 25 years ago. Now we're going to feel old again. A lot older. Okay. Natural Born Killers was released. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one, man. That's a, I was thinking about that movie semi-recently. Good. What? It's artful, man. It's yeah. crazy. What was your experience with it? When's the first time you saw it? Um, and what did it leave? What impression did it leave on you? Um, man, I saw. Man, I saw. It must have been close to back then, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I remember I was at my friend Jim's house and we watched it. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's weird, man. It's it's a weird movie. It's intense. Now, do you feel? Dark. That, crazy yes yeah um do you feel that um the film was based on the media sensationalizing the oj simpson trial the menendez brothers all the stuff that was going on back in like 92 and 93 and oliver stone was like i'm gonna make this movie right that's just gonna show the world is gonna head into a very dark place if we keep sensationalized media and then obviously it became the scapegoat for many things like columbine and and other things because of the violence in the film but do you feel that his vision has come true 25 year, years later? Oh, for sure. I thought I, I saw this question coming. I, it's absolutely, you know, I think that, that, um, you know, I don't want to believe that there's more violence out in the world. I think that it's just more sensationalized now. You know what I mean? There's just so many news outlets between regular news and social media. And, you know, I think that we're just more hyper aware but, uh, yeah, you know, I think that 
stuff definitely, uh, he definitely predicted the future and pretty bleak, man. And the fact that his enemy was the media and then the, the spin on it for people that have seen it, I think like us and have kind of lived with it through our lifetime, we, we kind of get a different outlook than the people that just remember the media making it more or less a scapegoat for so many copycat crimes and things. So I always wonder about its legacy for the people that aren't fans. Do you think it even matters if someone's not a fan of something, it's legacy? I, I don't know. I don't, you know, it just, man, that's a tough one. Mm. You can't be a fan of everything. You know what I mean? That's a lot of work. That's a lot of stuff to do. Uh, so yeah, I think that, um, there are a lot, there's, tons of legacies that just don't occur to people you know yeah yeah i completely agree man so let me ask you about this one another horror movie question Wes craven's new nightmare was released do you recall this i recall it but i never saw it oh. but um i definitely was into um nightmare on elm street as a kid uh it was one of the first like horror movies i'd seen and um i was definitely you know predisposed to liking um, the macabre, so you know, that kind of led me down the road towards metal, but I uh, was checking out horror movies as a little kid. Did your parents like stop you from, from getting, my dad always, my dad was foreign, so I don't think he understood the rating system, so he would always let me rent whatever I wanted, and I'd go watch it in my room when I was like a young, like maybe 9, 10, but it was okay. I remember seeing RoboCop when I was like 8 years old. I remember that. And in hindsight, yeah, that's awesome. Very violent, but at the time I I, you know, I was only scared when I saw like boobs or something. I was like, "Oh, I'm not supposed to look at this." But like, Yeah, you're like, "Oh, contraband. Exactly. I'm in trouble." <laughs> if he walks in right now, I'm in deep trouble. Exactly. But the violence, he wouldn't even care. Did you have a similar uh situation with films or no? Um some action stuff, yeah, but they, my parents were definitely guarded about horror. Mm. But I had a loophole in one of my friends, you know what I mean, that had, like, his dad didn't care, and he had all the good stuff. Night of the Living Dead, First Friday the 13th, First Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Creep Show, all the basics, you know. And we were in second grade, first and second grade, watching the shit over and over every day. And I used to, like, be the kid at school that, you know, the teacher wanted to talk to my parents about, you know, drawings of people getting their head cut off and crammed, you know. <laughs> ah, and that's yeah the influence of the horror i get it you know i remember getting in trouble one time about the nudity thing did you ever see night of the demons i'm assuming you kind of did did you see that one yeah yeah for sure you remember when she puts the lipstick in her in her boob uh-huh my dad walked in on that and it, that was like it was trash oh. from return of the living dead like who was like the first girl i ever like i i fell in love with i saw return of the living dead and she played trash uh, dude return of the living dead is maybe my favorite horror movie or it's up there yeah, it's it's definitely up, dude. And then and it's like I fell in love with her three times, not realizing it was the same person until I was older. Because I remember seeing Silent Night, Deadly Night, and she was just topless for no reason. Like, and she got killed. And then not Return of the Living Dead, but anyway, she puts a lipstick in her boob, and my dad walked in. <laughs> I'll never forget the fear in my face. He's like, "What are you watching?" And I'm like, "I can't explain." Yeah, like of, of all times where you could walk in, it had to be right then. <laughs> exactly, dude. He rewound it. It was yeah. It was a it was a bad situation. And me and my brother were like, we were scared, but I think we got I think we got beat there. But it's okay. It's all right. A little beat never hurt. Um, or it didn't hurt me. It was like a, a belt thing. It wasn't that bad. But anyways, moving on. It was the '80s, man. Yeah. The '80s. Everybody got whooped in the '80s, dude. And it worked for me. I was like, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, like, it worked. Fear and respect. I, 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 
So going to check on a punk rock record. No Effects released Punk and Drublick 25 years ago. This one, anything to you? Um, yeah, but I came in way later, but I do, I love No Effects. And No Effects is, um, I feel like everybody that's ever been through BDM has been a huge No Effects fan. And we've joked and talked about doing like a No Effects covers EP or something. And uh, I, I'm still all about it, you know. And Brian especially is a, is a punk rock kid at heart. You know what I mean? He learned how to play fast from like playing to um, fat records, you know, yeah. super tight ass gay punk records and shit, you know? Nice, dude. If you guys do that, would you cover The Decline? Because that's the best song they've ever done. Oh, uh, dude, The Decline rules. That's awesome. That's like the jukebox killer, dude. If you ever like <laughs> want to get the most, want to get the most out of your money at the jukebox. The decline is like it's 19 minutes, I believe. It's a 19 minute punk rock song. Yeah, it dude, is a not, great song though, man. Yeah, it's awesome, man. So it's awesome. They got the horn part in there. That's an epic track, dude. Yeah, if, that's like that. Right around that era, that's like my favorite. No effects, like uh, so long and thanks for all the shoes is probably my favorite. I fucking love that album. Cool, man. So let's give you a metal one. Cannibal Corpse released the Bleeding 25 years ago. Last one with Barnes. Um, Ooh. Damn, okay, this is uh, absolutely one of my favorite death metal albums ever, and it's, there's a few, there's like a handful of albums that every time I think about them or listen to them, I go, nope, this is it, this is the best death metal record ever, and that's one of them, you know. Tomb is also up there, I really like Tomb the Mutilated a lot, but The Bleeding, man, The Bleeding is like hit after hit. Every song is awesome, the choruses are really big. And um, it's just catchy, man. I think it's it's their absolute, like, catchiest hour as a band, for sure. And um, I remember at first, I, I was met with a little trepidation because you could understand what he was saying, you know, and at the time, all I wanted was more guttural and more poopy, you know what I mean? Like, as a kid, that's what I was looking for, was the most, whoever had the most gore and whoever had the lowest vocals and stuff. So at first, I was like, oh, you know, you can understand what he's saying. I don't know about this. Then you listen to it, and you you know we start hearing what he's saying, and it's just it was terrifying. There's something you know. There's a lot of first person in death metal. You know, like I'm going to kill you. I'm after you. Stuff like that. But just something about that record and those those sentiments on there. It's so real and stalkery and like filthy. Um, it definitely left a stain on my brain for what I would do for BDM. You know, doing a those kind of short Tales from the Crypt episode kind of lyrics, you know what I mean? A three-minute storyline or whatever. And, um, yeah, man, that record still just gets my blood pumping just thinking about it. <laughs> nice, dude. Let me ask you a real hard modern-day question, and I'll answer it first if you want. Death metal-wise, what was the best record of 2018? My pick? Is a new hate eternal record upon Desolate Sands, which just I can't stop listening to. But what? Oh, it's so good, right? So good. I mean, dude, it, every time I listen to it, I'm like, that was new. That's new, and it's catchy, like you said. When you said catchy, I'm like, that record gets stuck in my head all the time. What death metal? Oh, record? that's good. That's a really good turn for them because I think that it was just so focused on speed for a while. You know what I mean? And I think that Hannes coming in on the drums brought a lot of flavor, a lot of dynamics, and you know, really colored things up and, you know, catch, uh, catchy, you know, is it, so important, dude. It's so important to have hooks and have memorable shit. 
especially as a fast band, you know. So it's a huge triumph, you know. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's cool. up there, dude. I don't, I don't think that's quite my favorite this year, but it's up there for me. It's uh, that Sarex album, oh. uh, Phobos Demos on um, Everlasting Stew Records. It's um, awesome. I mean, they've been inching towards this awesomeness for the last few records, but this is just it, man. Uh, it's this kid Antonio. He's a uh, uh, dude I know from uh, some message boards online. Anyway, he's a Mexican kid, and he assembled this ultimate lineup. Uh, and it basically sounds like, to me, it sounds like Cryptopsy. It sounds, you know, like it's uh, it's progressive, it's wild, it's um, really stylish, and um, just twisted, man. I love it. I, I it, it's one of the few records where that I heard this year where as soon as it ended, I just put it back on the first time, you know? Like, wow. More, please. Yeah, nice. And I haven't heard of it, and I know I know that you do the thing for Metal Ejection like where you kind of introduce a lot of people to these newer bands, and um, which I love. And I always wonder how you find these things, personally. But um, this band... Um, man, it's, uh, it's a lot of uh, combing the internet... Yeah. Uh, I have like a, a Facebook that's just blank, basically. Like I need to have a personal one to to run the band Facebook, so I just keep this blank one. But with it, all I do is follow bands and labels. There's no no friends are in there. You know what I mean? So like my it's just this constant river of releases, and you know I watch all the labels that I like um, across the board, and. Um, Blogs. I mean, whether you're gonna whether you're gonna download or not illegally, there are some blogs that that every release filters through. You know, just watching that can be very informational too. Um, and then I, you know, I have some contacts online, like people that um that I think are you know super big metalheads and will uh, trade some secrets and stuff like that. So I have some informants too. <laughs> That's like modern day tape trading, but like with with the informants. I like the metal informants. That's a that sounds like a good uh, a good Steel Panther death metal band. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have them dress up like you know uh, good fellas. I love it. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> so two more two more quick memories, and then we're gonna get you out of here. Twenty six years okay. ago, Wayne's World was released in theaters. Did Wayne's World have oh. an impact on you? Oh yeah, majorly, dude. I was in fifth grade when that came out and um it was everything dude it was it was huge you know we were kids it was like the per- we thought wing and garth were like the coolest people in the world you know what i mean yeah we were young kids like just getting into loud music and um and that was like what they were the parody of pretty much you know what i mean <laughs> so and i still love it i think it's aged you know it's aged pretty gracefully i still i still get quite a kick out of it I think part two aged better than part one. I like part two. Yeah, part two is awesome too. Do you want them to make a part three at this point? I mean, really, no, but like morbidly, curiously, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm with you. I don't want them to ruin the, the class. I've always liked that. I, I feel like there's a, a spark in a moment. I feel timing really matters, like the timing and the culture when it comes out. And I feel like that's why sure. so many late sequels don't work because it's just a different culture. Like I saw Bad Santa too; I loved it. Everybody else seemed to hate it, and I'm like, okay, well maybe it's because I'm stuck in that older time, you know? I don't know. So uh, last one, dude. Seventeen seventy-two years ago, 
Elizabeth Short was dismembered in Hollywood, and the murder remains unsolved. What does that mean to you? Well, that's my bread and butter, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dude, it's still, um, to me, it's still frightening. Like, it's, there's so many connotations with it. It's not just the, the violence of the crime, you know, that's terrible in itself, but it's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of false confessions where people just wanted any route to become famous, you know, and just all different kinds of weird theories and police corruption. And it's just a majorly dark thing and kind of like, uh, a dark, you know, like a darkening of a whole era, you know, people became scared at that moment and started locking their doors and shit, you know, it was kind of like the end of, uh, you know, I, it just was like a slap in the face that woke everybody up from white picket fence world, you know, and, and like the American dream basically is, you know, being cut down. It's kind of like a, a just a, a metaphor for that, the whole ba- the band name itself, you know? Yeah. And the bad guys won. Yeah, so then that's... They won. They won. And, you know, people still, you know, they're still theorizing. There's books coming out all the time. There's articles that pop up. You know, it's... uh, People are obsessed with it still, especially in the States. You know, I don't think it has the same kind of powerful connotation outside of the States for... Because it's not quite as common knowledge, you know what I mean, about the crime, I don't think. Yeah, and for but, uh, pe- for people outside the states, that is the Black Dahlia murder. Just in case you guys are wondering out there, yeah, the Black Dahlia murder, Elizabeth Short. That's that's the one. So she, she got pwned. She got pwned pretty bad. Yeah, and then they made a movie in 2006. Did you see that, the Brian De Palma film? Um, no, but I remember like when it was first announced, I was like, "Is this good for us or bad for us?" <laughs> it was a bad. But then I was like, yeah. <laughs> "Then I was like, what if the movie sucks?" And I, you know, largely people. I did think it sucked, uh, but uh, it was bad. I yeah. think if it, yeah. if anything, I think it, it raised awareness of how to say Dahlia properly because there was a lot of uh, interesting takes on Dahlia. <laughs> That's cool. You never know. You never know. So that nobody was uh, was it the dwarves? The Black Dahlia was that the guy? In the door? Yeah, Black Dahlia. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's where I think I learned. I forgot because I'm like, I knew how to say that word, but I don't know where. So, but uh, cool, man. So, quick questions just about the band. We're done with our memory lane. Do you feel old? Wasn't too bad, right? Bringing up the Red Wings winning and stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm all right. I'm, I'm still, you know, going back to high school is a lot, dude. I've been out of high school for a long time now. Oh, man. And I'm, I graduated in 99. I'm almost, a 40 is coming for me, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm 37. Yep. Quick question. So, uh, did anybody in the band, you guys have a signature beer? You're doing the, the, the Metal Fest right now where your beer, the Warborn, is what it's called, correct? Yes. Did anybody in the band not like the signature beer? Um, I don't think everyone's even had it, but oh, okay. I, could tell, I can tell you who wouldn't like it. Mm. And that would be Brian Eschbach. It has to be absolutely crappy, like SVPBR or worse. <laughs> Nat- natty ice <laughs> why does it not taste like natty ice what is this that's hilarious yeah. so cool man have you tried it is it good uh yeah i like it i would say it's sort of fat tire-esque oh nice yeah that's good, good. Stuff. and then the last question for you before i let you go trevor you guys usually drop records every two years but Nightbringers still has a lot of life in it um are you guys going to keep to this two-year tradition or are you going to keep Nightbringers rolling through 2019? 
Um, we are going to do a 2019 record, but it's not going to be quite as on schedule as they have been. Um, it will be pushed back a little bit exactly for that reason. You know, that, uh, the, the iron was hot to, to strike on all these tours, you know, and the record being the biggest one we've done. Um, yeah, we just thought we'd stretch it out a little bit and we definitely crammed in as much touring as we could. I'm definitely feeling that right now. (laughs) dude and uh, yeah congratulations it was one of our best of last year um but you guys nine eight records in to 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 knock it it's it's always nice to just see a big win you know at like a a, like record eight for bands that have been doing nothing oh man it was definitely definitely unexpected and amazing and yeah and it's just this has been um some of the best you know the best years that we've had as a band dude this this lineup is killer it's super super good vibes all around and it's super fun and fulfilling to play these new songs you know even though they're uh, a good bit harder but i think you know that's how it goes you know every album we write something that's more complex and it's sort of like sadomasochistic in that way you know what i mean it's really fulfilling to um to do something that uh that emotes more or you know that's just better Dude, Trevor, I want to thank you, man, for being the first interview of 2019 and, and going down memory lane with you and all that stuff. Everybody, make sure you look out for the Black Dahlia Murder on tour. Don't want to miss them, especially during this cycle. The cycle. The shows have been great. They've been fantastic. And we are looking forward to a record in 2019, as you said. So fingers crossed, and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully we get it before Christmas next year. I, w- I want it to be late in the cycle. I want Nightbringers to, to keep flowing for a while. Fair? Yeah, man, I'm with that. Thank you so much, Trevor, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast, dude. Thanks for having me, dude. It was fun. Appreciate you. This show is sponsored by Rockabilia. Make sure this year you put some merch on Rockabilia on your wish list. They're the one-stop shop for all your band merch needs. Need to buy a gift from someone and know what bands they're into? Pick up something from Rockabilia. You won't be disappointed with their selection, and you can get 10% off with the promo code PCJabberJaw. So head over to rockabilia.com for all your band merch needs today and save 10% with the promo code PCJabberJaw.
Metal Sucks Podcast.
And we are back, guys. First song you hear is off Black Dahlia Murders, Nightbringers. That song is called Matriarch. Second song, same record, Nightbringers. Flawless record, guys. Really excited for the new one. That song is called Kings of the Night World. And the last song, you know we're going to play you some King Diamond, guys. That is a mansion in darkness live off the Blu-ray DVD, a song for the dead live, which is out, guys, January 25th. And with that, once again, we wish you all a happy, safe, beautiful new year. Thank you guys for all those five-star reviews we've been seeing. The numbers have jumped up. You guys are the best. That's all we can ask for. And with that, guys, we will talk to you next week. Jaws, you're gonna be, how are you going to be next week? I'm going to be take motherfucking charge. You're going to be all full of piss and vinegar? In 2019, we ain't taking shit from anybody, guys. Wow. Nobody. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.